Welcome to The Workplace, the podcast where we try to make the places we work, places we love to work. I'm Andrew Scarcella. Every episode, we'll be talking with a different expert about what makes great workplace cultures tick. A Navy fighter pilot, an HR analyst, a fashion icon, who knows? Will they have all the answers? Nope. But with each one, we'll get a little closer to figuring out what we can do to build workplace cultures where people are happy, healthy, and inspired to do the best work of their lives. For our very first episode, we'll be talking with Matthew Lunn about how storytelling can change the way we think and talk about our company, culture, and brand. Matthew Lunn is a storyteller, instructor, keynote speaker, and story consultant with over 20 years' experience creating stories and characters at Pixar Animation Studios. Along with working at Pixar, Matthew consults CEOs, directors, and other professionals on how to craft and tell stories for Fortune 500 companies, Academy Award-winning movies, and corporate brands grossing billions of dollars worldwide. His story credits include Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, Finding Nemo, Up, Cars, Ratatouille, and many other films and TV shows currently in development. Join us after the interview for The Takeaway but we'll talk about what we can take with us to our own workplace cultures to make them better. Matthew was interviewed by Chris Drysdale, a writer, creative director, and perhaps the biggest Dutchophile I've ever met. Hi, Chris. Hey, Andrew. So, what made you want to interview Matthew Lunn for The Workplace? Well, you know, everybody's heard of Pixar, and it's this legendary success story, not just in animation and film, but also as a business. They seem to have created this corporate culture that really helps employees break the mold and delight customers and lead their industry. So when I heard we were going to have Matthew Lunn as a keynote speaker at Influence Greatness, I sort of begged, or more like groveled, really. I groveled um, to interview him. Um, Right now, Matthew's applying his storytelling experiences at Pixar to helping companies tell their stories. So it's really interesting, and it's really cool. Yeah, it seems like Pixar might have started the trend of using storytelling to talk about your brand and your business. And branding is storytelling, so it's hard to even separate the two. Well, I'm excited to hear what you guys talked about. Let's get to it. I'm here today with writer and storyteller Matthew Lunn, who has created beloved characters and stories for some of Pixar's greatest films, including Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and more, and also some pretty great episodes of The Simpsons. Matt, you help businesses adopt principles of storytelling. So what, in your opinion, is the biggest mistake companies make when it comes to telling their stories? Oh, wow. Well, first off, I would say the biggest mistake is not telling your story and letting someone else tell it. Because as we know, someone could tell a story that doesn't put you in a good light. But if you want to get into specifics of what makes a great story, As we all know, you need a hero on a journey, right? Through the highs and the lows. Not just the highs, not just the lows, but you need both of them. And I think we see that a lot of businesses and brands and leaders, they want to share all the highs, but they don't want to share the lows. And while it's important to create likable heroes and likable leaders and likable companies and brands, you don't want to make the mistake of mistaking the word likable for nice. Likable is when you create empathy and you empathize. 
If you just create a likable character that never fails, a nice character, you have Clark Kent, who's boring. But as we know, people are not that way. People are more complex. They're more layered. They're not one note. They're more like Superman, who struggles with, I want to be in love with my girlfriend from Earth, but I also need to be a superhero that saves Earth. And it's interesting because it's counterintuitive, right? Companies have whole departments set up to try and protect themselves and 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 hide the yucky stuff, right? Exactly. But instead you're saying it makes you more relatable, yeah, makes you more trustworthy, and it probably makes people bond with you or connect with you a little bit. Absolutely. And and you know, the thing we love with a hero in a film, a TV show, and a book is the highs and the lows. But in the end, what makes a great hero and a great leader is that they never give up. You know, we see a character like Indiana Jones and in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we think, man, that guy is so cool and tough. And But when you actually watch that film, he fails 75% of the time. He ends up losing that gold idol. He almost gets his girlfriend killed. He loses the Ark like a dozen times. But no matter how many times he gets beat up and kicked down and shot at, he always gets up and keeps fighting. That's what really makes the difference between a great hero and a mediocre hero, is a great hero never gives up. And that's the same thing that goes with leadership. It's okay to share the successes and the failures, but most importantly is that you never give up on your team, on your company. It's, it's one of those classic storytelling uh, techniques that you want to use. You always want to think about what is the feeling, the takeaway you want people to have through your company or brand story. That's what I'm always focusing on. And when I come in to work with a company, the first thing that I help them do is to be able to lock down what is that feeling, that takeaway, that vision for your company. We're here to be able to help people have financial freedom. I work with Charles Schwab a lot, and their tagline is owning your tomorrow, right? It's about creating a feeling. You should, as a storyteller for business or entertainment, be able to share what is the vision for your film or your business in eight seconds. Eight seconds is the attention span that people have. Though I would say for my kids, it's probably five seconds, but it's about eight seconds. But you need to be able to share what is your vision in eight seconds. For example, uh, for the movie The Incredibles, what if superheroes were banned from saving people. It's a clear vision. It's a clear hook. What if a monster didn't want to scare kids anymore, right? What if you could put a thousand songs in your pocket with an iPod? You want to make sure that your vision, your takeaway, the feeling that you want to leave with your audience can be shared within eight seconds. And there's always a way to find the heart in that that statement, that feeling. Pixar is pretty legendary for having a culture of collaboration. And it it sounds to me as an outsider like a little bit of a creative utopia. Does collaboration always go smoothly there? Well, first off, it is kind of a, a creative utopia. <laughs> and the reason why companies like Pixar have been able to create this environment that inspires creativity is because the people up on top have made a conscious decision to protect their employees, their teams, their creative people. You know, 
in Hollywood, the way it works when you're making a film is the people that make the decision are the execs up on top who are not necessarily filmmakers or artists. They're just the ones with the money. And they make the decisions on what movies will be made and how they'll get made. It's a little bit of a sad scenario. Why does that have to be the norm? Why can't there be an executive at the company that steps back and says, I'm going to fund you guys to make a great movie, but I'm going to make the director and the story team and the creative people make the final choices. Pixar turned the whole creative process of making films upside down, where they put the creative people as the people that make the decisions and the executives are the ones that support them. Not a normal thing. But that is what ended up making it possible for Pixar to make so many blockbuster movie hits in a row is because they focused on protecting their talent, their people. And they knew that it wasn't just the ideas that were the most important thing for the, for the ideas for the film, but it was the people making the ideas. And so, you know, one of the things that we did was we, we made sure to create a place that was safe to be able to pitch new ideas, pitch the ideas you're working on, and for people to give feedback in a healthy, productive way. We called that group the Brain Trust. There was no execs in the Brain Trust. It was all the directors and the story people. Because we always had the philosophy that if you want to truly be a great director or a great creator, you need to surround yourself with people who are more talented and intelligent and creative than you are to be able to make what you're doing better. But for people that have a huge ego, they usually do the opposite and they surround themselves with people who are less talented and less creative and less intelligent so that they become the smartest person, most creative in the room. That's not a good way to do, make a film or business. The team you build um, ends up being the company you build. Have you ever started your own company? So I'm, I'm doing a multiple number of different things right now. You know, I, I do um, story branding consulting with different businesses, helping them be able to be better storytellers, to be able to tell their brand, their founder, their product stories, right? Um, I'm also working on uh, two films and that are animated films. And one of them is um, with a company that I'm a founder with. And it's in LA, so it's 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 different being on the other side of somebody who's not just thinking about the creative part, but the business part as well. And then I would say that um, my other passion is my family has owned toy stores for a very long time, and uh, we've actually are the oldest toy store in San Francisco, and um, I am a co-owner of the store with my dad. My job is creating the story around the toy store from when you walk in to you walk out to make people not just get a story like a written story, but a story that taps into all the five senses from when you, you come in and you smell popcorn, you taste the popcorn, you hear the music playing, which is Pixar Disney music. You see the things on the wall, which are the history of our toy store. And then you get to touch and play with the toys. See, storytelling is not just a written script. A storytelling is about tapping into the five senses and creating a feeling for people. I'm curious 
if there if there's a storytelling element to how you inspire the employees in your toy store? Well, there is. I mean, I I always we've always had the philosophy at our toy store that um, we want to create a place that inspires play, nostalgia, and creativity, right? And I always help companies when I'm working with them think about what are the three takeaway words you want people to think of when they think of your company. You know, like Tiffany and and company, they want to leave uh, their audience with the feeling of um, escape, luxury, you know, romance. The Disney company wants to leave you with the feeling of feeling entertained and delighted, right? You always want to think about what is the story the takeaway of the story you want to tell around a film, a company, or a brand. And so for my team, my employees, everything we do to working with the customers, the people who come in, we end up trying to create that feeling. Yeah. So a lot of this sounds like it's very doable if somebody's got a Matthew Lunn at their hip to tell them like how to figure this out. But if you're not a Hollywood movie studio, but you own a little toy store or you own a big major enterprise, where can we find tips? How can we figure out how to do this for ourselves? Well, you know, um, I was asked that about a year ago um, when someone said, uh, we would love for you to put this into a book. And so I did. And the book is called The Best Story Wins, How to Leverage Hollywood and Pixar Storytelling for Business and Beyond. And what I've done is in the book share how to use storytelling, those same storytelling techniques that you use to make a great movie, like a Pixar movie, to being able to tell your company's story, the brand, how you as a leader are able to use those story techniques to come off being a hero. And this isn't just for a big, big company like you know Adidas or BMW, but even for a a new company or a family-run toy store. And so the 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 main character in the story is my dad and and his journey creating his toy store weaved together with my experiences working on all those toy story movies and Pixar films. We as you know are a company that's primarily focused on creating great employee experiences so closely tied to customer experiences. Yeah. It really starts with if the employees love the company, then then customers might love it too, right? Absolutely. So do you have any perspective on that relationship, particularly between employer and employee and where storytelling fits in? Yeah, you know, I would say that so many times when I am making a decision of what company I want to work at, the first thing that comes to mind is, do I like the film? Do I like the project? Do I like what we're making? The next thing is, do I like the people I'm working with? And then the final thing is, do I like the leaders? Do I like the boss? You know, when we like the person leading the company, it makes life so wonderful, right? And it's um, at being able to have a leader of a company with clear vision that wants to go on that journey with you and the team, it's a very rewarding experience. And um, I think about the same thing when I'm putting together a story. It's not just about a hero, but it's about the mentors and allies, the other characters that go on the journey with the hero in their story. That's great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. 
Now it's time for Tangible Takeaways, where we break down big ideas into bite-sized pieces you can take with you and implement in your workplace culture. The first is being likable is being relatable, not being perfect. When you're talking about your team, department, or company, don't ignore setbacks or tough times. Own them as part of your story. As Matthew says, share the successes and the failures. But what's most important is that you never give up on your team and on your company. The second is to create a safe space for pitching new ideas. It doesn't have to be held in a secret clubhouse. What matters is that people can leave their egos at the door and comfortably share radical thoughts and productive feedback without feeling like someone is looking over their shoulders. The more people trust each other, the more they'll trust themselves. The third is that Ratatouille is the best Pixar film. Go ahead, send me hate mail. But they turned a ridiculous premise, a rat that wants to be a chef, into a heartfelt underdog story with real stakes and a climax that's like cutting onions every time. That's it for the first episode of The Workplace. If you want to learn more from Matthew Lunn, his book, The Best Story Wins, How to Leverage Hollywood and Pixar's Storytelling for Business and Beyond, is out now and available on Amazon. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review The Workplace on iTunes. It really helps us grow and understand our audience better. The Workplace is sponsored by O.C. Tanner, the global leader in employee recognition. O.C. Tanner helps thousands of top companies create engaging cultures where people can accomplish and appreciate great work. 25 of the Fortune 100 best companies to work for use an O.C. Tanner recognition solution. Learn how to influence greatness in your organization at octanner.com.